Welcome to a Seat at the Table podcast. This show is for all professionals who want to learn the unwritten rules of corporate advancement, develop better business relationships, improve their effectiveness, and accelerate their careers. Join us for each episode to hear from successful executives and dynamic leaders to learn the unfair advantages of career success. I'm your host, Ron Skillens, and I'm glad you're here. Now get ready to get your seat at the table. Hey guys, welcome back to a Seat at the Table podcast. This is Ron. Um, love, love uh, to delve into this topic um, today on today's episode. Uh, as you recall, um, last uh, episode we talked about the Clarity Plan. The Clarity Plan basically had three questions. Uh, one was, what is, the, what is your truth? Where are you at today? You know, the, the good, the bad, the ugly of where you are today. Uh, don't lie to yourself because that's the first step in going to another level is just being clear um, with yourself about where you are today. Secondly, we talked about what are your goals? And, and we posed the question, if you were to have the best year of your life, what would, what would that look like? What would you have accomplished uh, during that best year of your life? And we talked about breaking that down into categories like financial, career, uh, health, um, uh, and other categories. So, um, and then, so those are your goals. And then the third and most important question is, you, now that you've understood, understood what your goals are, why do you want to achieve those goals? The power of why. You know, you have to have a powerful why, and that why has to be attached to emotion. It has to be attached to uh, a feeling uh, that you that you want that would drive you to accomplish those that would make you do what it takes to do the hard things that it takes in order to accomplish goals. Because it's not if it's going to get hard; it's when. Uh, because if it was easy, then you know everyone would accomplish accomplish their New Year's Eve resolutions, and you know most people uh, give up on those. You know, come February or early March, so because they didn't have an, a powerful enough why to make it to make it uh, compelling enough and and to associate accomplishing that goal with enough pleasure and and the avoidance of pain to make them do what is needed to be done, whether that be get up early in the morning at 5.30 in the morning or eat eat a certain regimen or do or not do certain things that, you know, to, um, you know, to accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish. So, um, so those are the three questions from last time. That's the review from last time. Today, and this is why I love this topic today, is uh, the topic is focus on the who and not the how. I'll say that again. Focus on the who and not the how. And I know that kind of sounds strange, kind of sounds like something out of a Dr. Seuss um, book or something like that. But um, this is a very key lesson for all leaders. And I, I will say in full transparency, um, this was something that it took me a while to fully comprehend and implement in my uh, leadership style um, in my career. And so to kind of give some context to this. So as a leader in any organization, we accomplish things through teams, through collaboration, through projects. And these teams are 
sometimes not always located in the same building, maybe not even the same city, the same state, same country. They don't may not speak the same language in some cases. These teams might be uh, include um, third parties, contractors, consultants that are a part of an overall team, and you might be responsible for leading that team of of very diverse um, and uh, you know different perspectives. Uh, and so, how do you going about, how do you go about doing that? Is daunting. And so if you focused on all the details of the hows and, okay, I need to, what do I need to do first? And, and let's, let me just map out every single thing that I need to do in order to be successful. Um, you, can, you can get yourself, I'll speak for myself, I have gotten myself into just a spiral of never-ending hows. How do I do this and, and how do I do that? But when you, when you focus on who, can, who on the team has the skill sets to get whatever the how is done, then it becomes much easier. It liberates your thinking because then it becomes a matter of matching up the skill sets of the, of the people in your team to the tasks of a particular project. Um, so the best leaders, you know, take that time to, you know, understand what those skill sets, skill sets are in their people, or if they, or if their people don't have whatever the skill sets are, they take the time to teach them, train them, develop them, so that they can get what's called leverage on their own time. And, um, you know, I'll, I'm going to come back to this concept of leverage here in a moment, but let me just tell you a quick story. You know, my, for the last many years now, at least 10 years, um, I have been a compliance officer in the healthcare industry and, uh, and executive over compliance. So a compliance officer is responsible for the overall compliance program of an organization, in my case, a health, health system, uh, hospital system. And within a compliance function, you have specialists of many kinds. You have uh, medical coding specialists. You have privacy specialists. You have um, specialists that have um, uh, knowledge about conflicts of interest, physician arrangements, revenue cycle matters. You have people who are attorneys. You have people who are um, certified in some of these various areas. So you have various special specialists to deal with the various um, uh, aspects of compliance within a health organization. Um, and so as the leader of that group, there's no possible way that I could have a deep understanding in all of those areas. But I must have a an overall understanding of these areas, and I might have a deep understanding in certain of these areas, depending upon um, the risk level. But but my my job as a leader is to is not to not to technically uh, deeply understand all the nuances because no one can do that in and of themselves. That's why you have a team. That's why you have specialists. But it's but your job as a leader is to bring the right skill sets together. So, or if you don't have the right skill sets, um, get uh, outside help when needed to achieve whatever the objective is. So um, leaders also ask good questions. And so as a compliance officer, oftentimes if, if staff members are reviewing with me an audit and reviewing findings that we found, you know, out of 30 items, we, you know, 10 of them, were incorrect for whatever reason, I'll ask questions. I said, well, how did, what was your audit approach? How did you come, how did you look at these items that you audited? 
um, you know, did, did you validate your findings with uh, the stakeholders in the business? Did, um, you know, did you tie your information back to source systems to make sure that it's accurate and complete? Um, and a number of other questions, you know, in terms of not just, okay, you had 10 findings, but what, is that, what exactly does it mean? Put it in context for me. So is that good or bad? I mean, because ultimately I'm going to have to explain this to the other senior executives, including the CEO and board members. And so they're going to ask me very direct and straightforward questions. And I, and I need to be able to answer those questions. And so, and so the specialists sometimes, because they know so much about a given area, they'll skip past some of these more direct and basic questions and then they'll spend so much time focusing on the nuances and the details and the technical aspects of things and and ultimately for someone who is an executive or a leader of an area they don't have time to to wade through all of that uh, they expect you to know it but they just want you to, to to boil it down for them give them give it to them give to them what they need to know whether it's important or if it's not important. And if it is important, explain to them in clear terms why it is important and how they can help. What decision do, uh, do they need to make on whatever it is that you're, you're looking at or, or the result of, of in, our, in, my, in this case, an audit or a project, right? So, and so that's, that's the key. That's the, the science of it. Often, you know, I, I grew up as a, in, in my career early on, as I mentioned, as a CPA, so our accountants are very much detail-oriented, love the numbers, love to talk numbers and all of that, but ultimately you have to get to a point to where you can put everything, put things in context to understand whether something is important or not important. The second point I would make is that oftentimes by us focusing on the how questions, it, for, it, it, causes, it paralyzes us. It's paralysis by analysis because the, the task is so big in front of us that we just don't do anything and we procrastinate. And so, but if you're able to focus on the who, who can help me? Who can help me accomplish this objective? Who on the team? Who el- outside the company? Who elsewhere uh, in the company or you know, wherever can help me get this done? It liberates your thinking, as I mentioned before. And then the, the third concept I would, I would give you on this topic would be um, understand the value of your time you know the because that would help you make these decisions as to who should do certain tasks versus you doing them yourself so for example um, just for illustration let's say your time is worth a hundred dollars an hour and so how would you come up with how much your time is worth you would take let's say two thousand hours in a typical work year you know not including you know overtime and uh, 2,000 hours, and you divide that into whatever, whatever you make or whatever your salary is, and that gives you a rough estimation of how much your rate per hour is. So if, if it costs you um, $100, if it, your time is worth $100 an hour based upon your salary, and it's going to take you four hours to do whatever task it is, that's $400. Well, can you find a, another person, maybe a staff person or someone else, they may not be able to they may not have your level of experience, but you might. They might be able to do something, let's say, in eight hours for less than what you could have done it in four hours. But but what the gain, what they've gained is they've gained the experience of having done that thing versus you doing it yourself and and then taking away the opportunity for them to learn. So think about that as a leader. If you're not a if you're not a people leader yet. Uh, you can still think in those terms because that comes back to the concept of leverage. And so 
you know, example, another example would be, you know, as a consultant, and I was a management consultant in a, uh, two or three firms, as I mentioned, uh, when we put together a fee estimate for how long a project was going to take for a client, we would try to find projects that would have, that would be leverageable. And leverageable means that you can use less experienced staff, more, more hours of less experienced staff and less hours of more experienced uh, professionals uh, like myself and others. And that, and that when you blend those together, you get to a, a good, uh, reasonable rate uh, that allows staff to be developed because it gives them hours on the project for them to be developed. And then it frees up your time as the project manager or leader so that you can not only manage that project, but you can manage multiple projects, which was often the case when I was in consulting. I just didn't have, in some cases, one client. I had maybe three or four clients, different cities in some cases that I was managing. And so I had to rely upon uh, the team members to do their do their work, and I had to manage that across all these different settings, including getting booking flights and everything else. And so, some of you may be in that situation today. And so, uh, it's very incumbent upon you to get as much leverage for your time as possible. And so, uh, that leverage sometimes can can come through automation, through technology. Uh, there's a uh, technology uh, called robotic process automation. So. Those are that would be uh, robots that would be programmed to perform very simple or routine tasks that have very little variation uh, that could free up someone's time if if a staff person or entry level person was to doing these tasks this robot would do them on an automated basis based upon a um, a script that would be developed for that particular bot right machine learning and artificial intelligence were in a very similar way. And so I know some, this may not be uh, all of you guys' um, expertise, but it doesn't have to be. That's the whole point is that you don't, it's not important for you to know all the ins and outs of, say, RPA or machine learning or artificial intelligence. What your task as a leader is, who, who, who does know about those things? How can they help you automate um, you know, tasks that you have in front of you or, or uh, goals that you have in front of you? And so thinking in those terms of, again, the who's and not the how. And then um, another way of finding, you know, the who's or the who can help you uh, is you got to think broadly, you know, who, who are the various parties that can uh, help you achieve whatever your task is. And those could be specialists inside your department, outside, consultants, contractors, freelancers, uh, virtual assistants, uh, if you guys are entrepreneurs, um, or IT folks. And so think broadly when you, when you think about the who's because uh, when you have big projects or multiple projects to manage across a continuum, um, identifying the people that have the skill sets to help you get something done that you don't have to do yourself. Uh, sometimes you know, people use the term delegation for this as well. As you're, you're, you, you maintain the responsibility, you're delegating an activity, but you ultimately are responsible. Right. Makes sense. So uh, that's all we have for today. I just wanted to this is a quick uh, podcast episode on focusing on the who's and not the how's. And if you do that, you can watch your productivity skyrocket. So take care and we'll talk to you next time.